All right, we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, December 22nd of 2022 here. Got an NFL showdown. Should be bad weather. Uh, not the best quarterback on one side of the football, so it should be a really interesting game there. And then we got a... Uh, two-game NBA slate, pretty interesting there, as well as a seven-game NHL main slate. A lot of DFS action coming at you tonight. Should be a fun night overall. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Sabersim. This is a show where we go over how to use the Sabersim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server or live in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. Promise you guys that. Um, quick announcement and a reminder. Been bringing it up all week. Um, this Saturday, the NFL main slate, or this weekend, the NFL main slate is on Saturday. If you are participating in our weekly max challenge, mini max contests, from Saturday are going to count towards all of the end of the season prizes and the giveaway. So make sure to enter on Saturday and a three game NFL slate on Sunday, not going to count toward the max challenge. Going to continue to remind everybody of that point. But that being said, got a really good question here uh, from Texas Illini to get us going. And then we will go from there. Got one question in the YouTube chat. So if you have questions, now is a good time to get them in and get the queue full so we can keep the stream rolling. Um, you know, kind of uh, a little a little bit of a drawn out question here from from Texas Illini, but I'm gonna I'm gonna copy in the most important parts, and then it looks like we are gonna end up doing a deep dive into NFL Showdown, which is perfectly fine. Got a good. Uh, Good slate for NFL showdown tonight. Should be able to build some unique lineups, let's say that. All right. Texas Illini said, sorry again, I didn't get a chance to proofread the first message. To be clear, I put in a custom metric for GeoMean and set it to value. Then I ran the builder for a 20 max build for 3,000 lineups. After the three, after the lineups were built, I then added a custom filter. The filter was for a GeoMean of 23 or less. The exact numbers after the filter was a pool of 2,080 lineups and 920 in the trash. As I said already, this looked about right to me. I thought I would put this in office hours because it may help others. But if the question is too detailed, you could just send it to support. Uh, no, this is a good question. Um, I'm going to copy in some of these other parts here as well. And this this specific part I wanted to talk about. So this part said, okay, I wanted to check my thinking about GeoMean. So I used Excel to calculate the GeoMean for the 359K 20 max for tonight's NFL showdown. And it turned out that uh, one dupe is 13.9, five dupes is 18.17, 10 dupes is 20.40, and 20 dupes is 22.9. I think making my own geometric mean value and then running lineups. Okay, so... So let's talk about this, right? Going to kind of go at it kind of from the beginning. Texas Alina, this is actually like really, really similar to like what I do. So I think this is a good strategy. Might be a little biased there. But what we are talking about, right? What Texas Alina is saying is like, hey, you know, I don't want to put in 
any geomean rules as an aggregate rule here. I want to let Sabersan build optimals, and then I want to filter down those lineups to try and find the ones that I want to take with me into my contest. So we're going to make sure that we're running a build here on 0010 settings. I'm going to run less lineups, uh, you know, on, on the pro plan. Like with Showdown specifically, you can usually run about like 2,500 to 3,000 lineups in, in a decent uh, time frame. I'm going to run 1,000 here and then get these going, and then we will talk about how to do it. But I think the big thing is, you know, not putting these rules in in the beginning. That way you do get the sim optimals. And Showdown is very, very different from Classic Slates in the sense that, you know, in, in Classic Slates specifically, we are, you know, increasing our min uniques a lot and trying to get really diverse and and um, trying to trying to smooth out that variance, right? In in showdown, um, I I tend to discourage using min uniques. A lot of times, the optimal can mean like a one to one swap. Uh, you know, right? Like first things first. You know, classic versus showdown. You have less players in showdown, right? Only six players total, uh, as opposed to like nine players in a NFL main slate, right? So that's one thing that is going to decrease your ability to use min uniques right off the bat. But I think that, you know, in Showdown, we are most often looking for the optimal. I don't want to miss the optimal because I have a min unique players of two setting on there, right? So that that is why I discourage the min uniques. Uh, we are not looking to get so diverse. We are looking like in, in classic slates, right? We're trying to build a big pool where all the lineups are viable. I think in Showdown, you're trying to build a pool of optimals and narrow that pool down to find the lineups that you want to take with you into your contest. You don't want to play all the lineups in your pool in showdown. You want to find the best ones and then play those ones. So little bit of a different approach to showdown, in my opinion, open to other uh, arguments or perspectives on that. And we could talk about it, but all right on the pro plan, what you can do here and, and what Texas Illini is basically saying. And he's saying that, you know, I'm coming into my lineups and I'm creating a custom metric. And then I'm going to name this, I'm going to name it Geome, right? I'm going to do my own product slash Geome, and I'm going to do value. So when you do value, you can actually see what the Geome of the lineup is, which this lineup would be 25.4. If you do rank, it's going to give it a number of 1 to 1,000 in this instance because we have 1,000 lineups in our pool. So it's going to uh, standardize it better for like – creating custom metrics where you're using multiple variables and you're kind of standardizing them across the board. But in this case, this is more of like a descriptive stat. So we do want to use geo mean value. So we can see the geo mean value for every lineup that we built, right? Now what text line is saying is like, Hey, you know, I kind of want to put in a guardrail, which is the way I, which is the way I prefer to do it. Right. It's like, Hey, you know, um, we have these different geo mean values, you know, one dupe is 13.9, uh, five dupes is 18.17. But but instead of putting uh, the number that you're kind of shooting for or hoping for, he is putting a number that where he's like, hey, I don't want to go beyond this value, right? Like 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 this is the furthest I'll, I'll go in, into dupes, which he's saying is 20, which I think is a fine number, right? So he's saying at 20 dupes, it's 22.9. And I, I checked the math on this and this did look right to me. So I'm going to pull up my screen and then I'm just going to pull up my calculator here. I did it before the show started. So 
So up here at the top uh, might be a little hard to see, but uh, basically it's, if you do one dupe, right? I only checked the, the math for the one dupe, but it's one divided by the number of entries in the contest, which in the flagship on DraftKings, it's about 118,000. So it'd be one divided by 118,000 in parentheses to the power of one divided by six. And then that comes out to 14.2. Yeah, yeah, 13.9. You might have used like the exact number of entries in the contest. I just rounded to the nearest thousand. So math looks good there. That is how you do it if anybody is looking to do it. And then this would be just the percentage basically, right? So it would just move these two decimals over 14.2. So math checks out there. Going to jump back here to SaberSim and then keep talking about this. So we got the GeoMean down here. In the summary stat, now I'm going to add a filter, right? And then I'm going to say hide lineups where geo mean. We added this custom metric, so it added it to our availability in the filters. And then I'm going to say geo mean greater than 23, right? So basically, don't show me any lineup where the projected dupes are over 23, right? Now I'm going to hit save. It is going to move all the lineups where this geo mean value is over that threshold into the trash automatic. 375 lineups didn't have to sit here and click the trash button. One of the great, uh, really cool things about uh, the uh, filters, it saves you a lot of time there. So so now we are narrowing down our pool, right? We have just gotten rid of 37% of the lineups in our pool, starting to narrow that down. The, the, the big cautionary tale here, right, is that you're going to see a lot of low-owned captains start to move up, right? And you could probably see this more if you're looking at more lineups. So if I if I increase this to 150 lineups, say we're building 150 max, um, this doesn't look terrible, but we're going to see, let's see here. I'm going to sort by pool exposure. This actually looks pretty good. I'm actually surprised. But a lot of times what will happen is like you'll see low-owned captains uh, get used at like a really high rate. I think somebody that like might fit that bill is like this Marvin Jones one, this Tyler Conklin one, this Michael Carter one. Uh, not not like egregious, but definitely something to be aware of. So I would always like uh, check, you know, how like are you are you full fading like the highest on plays? You know, are there guys in your pool that are showing up a lot that are not showing up in your exposures? So. The, the problem is that, you know, once you start to go off of this uh, straight and narrow path, you have to you have to kind of guide SaberSim as to, like, doing what you want to do. Right now, SaberSim is just like, okay, you know, uh, you put in these restrictions. Like, this is what I think is the best. Uh, you you still got to drive the car, you know, is the, is the analogy we like to make. And you still have to, like, kind of guide SaberSim as to where you are going on this path because we are, like uh, – driving off of the path that it normally wants to go on. But that being said, you know, I would, I would check like, you know, your pool exposure. I would check ownership, make sure you're not getting to too many really low owned plays. Um, something that we have discussed um, in, in the discord, some conversations that I've seen, which I think this is like, you know, getting into like really, really advanced territory, but that's totally okay. Is adjusting the ownership of the lowest owned players to standardize the geo mean values, right? So when when SaberSim is trying to 
meet these GL mean thresholds, it is going to like jam in the lower owned plays, right? So I think that one of the best things you can do, and I'm just going to add a filter here, uh, show players with my projection greater than zero. One thing I think you can do, standardize the lowest ownership of players, right? Maybe increase this to where, you know, the lowest owned player, like, like, okay, the reason for this, in a nutshell, to me, all these guys are the same. All these 200 guys and this 400 guy, they're probably all really, really similar. It doesn't matter whether he's 1.2% owned or 0.1% owned, right? But in a GeoMe calculation, that matters a lot. So I'm going to change all these guys and put all of their ownership at 3%. And then the lowest person in my group is going to be 3% owned. This this can help with, with uh, getting you like better lineups – when doing this in the post build. And then if the player comes in less owned than this, that only benefits you and only makes the lineup less likely to be duped. But at least this is like a baseline, right? And then you can do the same thing like for your captains, right? Go over to your captains and then standardize this as well. And then I would change, you know, all these guys down here to 3% and then standardize it that way. That could definitely help with your geo mean calculation. Um, if we jump over, jump back to the lineups and then jump back to our flexes over here, uh, this looks pretty good, but um, not not able to, de to demonstrate like the cautionary tale. Looks like Saberson is doing a really good job here, but just, just to be aware of really low-owned players getting jammed into your lineups, especially as you get more aggressive, right? I think I think that's kind of the one of the key takeaways of like using the geo mean as a uh, guardrail and as a threshold. You're less likely to get these really really drastic plays. You know, if we were to say say you know like oh I only wanted to do you know five dupes and the number was at eighteen point one seven. So you know, high lineups where geo mean is less is greater than eighteen point two. Right now we're running out of lineups really really fast here. And then we're going to start to see a lot more ownership, you know, 18% CJ Uzama, 10% Chris Manhurts. Um, you know, what does our ownership over here look like? Getting less ownership to some of these high-owned guys, and then ownership is starting to move move downward, but not at a terrible rate. 9% Marvin Jones, probably a little too much, but just some cautionary tales for you guys. I think this is a really good way to use the filters and still take advantage of the sim optimals. So really good question, Texas Illini. Uh, if you have any uh, follow-up or anything like that, just let me know and we can circle back on it. But happy to do a deep dive into showdown strategy prior to tonight's uh, showdown game. Okay, good question here from Naj. And following up on this topic, Naj said, why don't, why don't you like higher min uniques with showdowns um it, it it's a good question and definitely worth covering um i kind of talked about it a little bit but basically one you have less players to start with as a like in your lineup right yeah you like six players as opposed to a classic slate where you have nine and then secondly in in showdown a lot of the times we are looking to find the optimal the optimal a lot of times can be like a one-for-one -one player swap right so if you start increasing your min uniques i think you're more likely to miss uh, the optimal 
but but that's my opinion. I've talked to Jordan about this, and uh, Jordan has different thoughts. Jordan likes to use like a mini uniques of two. Uh, he is more on the mini unique train. I think my understanding from how he uses it is increasing his mini uniques helps him to manage his exposures where he doesn't get so many of these low own cautionary plays that that I keep talking about. Uh, so so he, I feel like he uses it for a different reason to kind of manage his exposures. I prefer to manually manage my exposures and keep the mini uniques at one so I don't build in something that uh, will will potentially cause me to miss the optimal. But, that, you know, I mean, I could miss the optimal for using a geo mean rule in the first place, right? But then it comes down to like, okay, well, you know, if the top, if the winning lineup is, you know, max salary and chopped, you know, 500 ways, did I even want to win anyways, right? So definitely a uh, back and forth there and not a not a perfect answer or um, a right or wrong way to do it. I think there are all, uh, I think there are different ways to do it, but uh, missing the optimals is definitely something that is very concerning about uh, on, on my particular process. All right. Uh, follow up from Texas line. I said, no added questions. Your answer was clear and helped me confirm my thoughts on Jimmy. Right on, man. Awesome to hear that. All right. Jumping over to YouTube chat. Got a question here from Michael. Michael said, does a simulator account for bad weather? If so, how? And if not, should we manually adjust projections to do so? This is a good question. I actually uh, asked the models guys about this prior to the show. Saw the question come in. And shot it over to them so I could get everybody a good answer before tonight's slate. And the, the this is the key takeaway that I got. So so yes, we do account for weather in the sim, but I think that as far as okay, so I'm just gonna read this from Eric, our data scientist over here. Eric said, I think the most value add is if users think that coaches will change usage compared to what we have projected, i.e. running way, way more in bad weather. If I recall correctly, that has a much bigger impact than actual efficiency of the pass game or run game in bad weather. So my my <laughs> my interpretation of this is that, you know, we, we do account for weather, right? And what, and you know, we account for, uh, you know, temperature, uh, wind, all, all those types of things. Right. And that does have some effect on, you know, accuracy and like kicking accuracy, throwing accuracy, different things like that, but it doesn't have that much of an impact. Right. But, but this, uh, it's more like, it almost seems like kind of more psychological. It's like, Oh, bad weather. Oh, coaches are going to move off of their normal game script into something much different. So usage is going to change. You know, we saw that really bad weather game last year with the Patriots and the Bills, where I believe Mac Jones threw the ball two times the entire game, right? Like that is not normal. But does that mean that like he couldn't have thrown more, right? So that is definitely like game script specific coaching specific game plan stuff that that is that there is no data for that right that is like a uh 
very that is like one of the most extreme examples that I've seen, but it did happen and and it was in recent memory, right? So I so you know going back to Eric's point here, uh, definitely opportunity for users to add value by kind of adjusting projections and adjusting game totals if they see fit and basically changing the game script using the projections if that's the route they want to go, right? But we are accounting for temperature. We are accounting for wind. They're not going to have as much value as uh, like changing a great game script would. So so really good uh, feedback here from Eric and hope that is some actionable info for everybody to use in their process. Okay. Scrolling down here, got a question from Sojo. When late swapping, is there a way to adjust projections? Uh, yeah, 100% there is. So if we go over to, um, I mean, you, you would adjust projections, you know, the same way you adjust uh, any projections, right? So this home screen is, you know, for pre-build, for post-build, for, you know, late swap, all, all that all that stuff, right? So let's say, you know, we built lineups, we submit lineups, uh, lock hits, right? What do we come in here and do? After after the time passes, you know, this 8 p.m. Eastern, as soon as it hits, you know, 8.01 Eastern, this late swap toggle is going to toggle on. It, if you make any changes in the home screen, SaberSim is going to use those as inputs. So, you know, maybe... Uh, Colin Sexton gets ruled out, right? And then usage of somebody like Nikhil Alexander-Walker uh, goes goes up due to this news after lock. One, we are going to run Sims and account for that news. But two, if you want to say, you know, oh, I think Walker is going to play more or do better than Sabersim is projecting him, you know, I want to come in here and increase his projection to 25 uh, Saber Sim is going to use that projection instead of the new Sim one that we ran. So you can come in here, you can adjust projections, and then Late Swap will use those projections to rebuild your lineups. All right. Question from Darren said, should I be adjusting projections on home screen of my build screen or my build screen to get the exposures I want? Okay. So if you are adjusting on the home screen, then these are going to be uh, what we're going to do is when we pull out player projections from the Sims. So, you know, let's say you adjust Christoph Porzingis by four points in the home screen. When, when we get a Sim where he scores 50, he's going to now score 46. When he gets a Sim where he gets 60 points, he's now going to score 56, right? So that is going to decrease his projection uh, going like like before we build your lineup. So you're more likely to get less lineups with that player in them to start, right? If you are in the post build already and there are certain players where you're saying, hey, you know, I am getting uh, too much of this player and I this is like too much risk for me, the best thing to do is to just decrease max exposure, right? So like, you know, maybe I don't want to play more than like 75%. Come in here, make the change, hit apply, or set this to auto apply, and then that will work, right? If if you are adjusting a lot of exposures, and the um, you get like a message saying that you know unable to meet exposures here, I think the biggest thing you can do is one decide if 
these changes are that important to you? And then two, if they are, go back to the home screen and then decrease the projections of the players that you want to get less of, right? So those are the two ways that I would handle it. And um, I think that is probably best practice in my opinion. All right, on Krabby Cabby. Hey, Andrew, a lot of talk regarding the sanctity of the Sims, but what about the accuracy of the Sims? How often are they tested? And what is the accuracy percent? Uh, this is a really good question. We do a lot of back testing behind the scenes. Uh, you know, Matt oversees it all. Will and Eric are always hard at work, working on the Sims, making sure that uh, we keep everything up to date, continue to make improvements. We do a lot of um, sanity checks like on our own. Okay. So we, you know, look at projections um, across the industry, make sure that we are not, you know, missing something like very, very egregiously. And uh, we, we do a lot to make sure that uh, we, we, we check, you know, the, the factors that go into the sim, you know, how often are we right on certain things? So I think that, you know, the accuracy, the accuracy of the Sims is, is really, really good. I don't know like what an accuracy percent is. I don't know exactly uh, how the back testing process works. That's a little out of outside of my area of expertise, but I can tell you that, you know, we are very, very conscious on a week to week basis of what information we are putting out and want to make sure that that information is accurate so all of our users have a great experience and have a very real chance of winning on a night-to-night basis. But, um, you know, there, there was a message in the Office Hours channel, I think it was between um, Neil and, and Matt regarding um, ownership, you know, when Garrett Wilson's ownership was a lot higher than, than we had projected. And, um, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of manual review of ownership projections uh, since then. And, and I feel like our ownership has been really good. So we're always trying to work really hard to make sure that our information is accurate and continuing to dial it in. But good question there on Krabby Cabby and appreciate you keeping us honest over here. All right. Um, Sojo said, I meant adjust projections post build late swap. Um, yeah, you could do that. So, okay. So let's say, you know, I ran a late swap, right? Um, if you wanted to adjust projections, you could just hit these plus and minus icons. And then this would just cause the player to probably show up less in your late swap lineups. So, you know, Jonas Valanciunas, we just decreased him to 35. He got in one less lineup. We decreased him to 30. He's going down to 45%. Uh, this is one way to handle, uh, projection adjustments. Um, I, I don't, I don't really see the reason for not doing it in the home screen. Like if you think this player is going to be at this projection value, I think it's better to give that to Saber Sim as an input rather than doing it post build. So, so what you were doing now, right? What you were doing when you change projections is you are telling Saber Sim that, Hey, this player's projection is now this. SaberSim can't rebuild lineups at this point. SaberSim cannot swap out this player at this point. All it can do is reshuffle the lineups that are already in your pool based on this new input that now affects the Saber score of a given lineup, right? As we are decreasing his point projection 
from 39 to 30, that is decreasing the projected score of all the lineups that he is in. So like now those lineups grade out worse. So those are getting moved to the bottom of your pool and then other lineups are getting moved up. But the overall, uh, the best thing to do would be to swap that player out for somebody who did better in the Sims. So giving Sabersim that input early is always better than waiting to the post build to do that. All right. Uh, follow up from Uncrabby Cabby. Great to hear, Andrew. I know the community appreciates your transparency. Uh, yes, uh, appreciate uh, the feedback, Uncrabby Cabby, and we try to be as transparent as we can be on, on such topics. All right. Question from Leo. Can you talk about how to use Sabersim with having no knowledge of sports to help make decisions? Can I just hit build 150 with a couple of uniques and still win money? This is a good question, right? And, um, you know, I think that there's something to be said about DFS and then individual sports, right? Uh, for, for certain, for a lot of the, like, like DFS, you know, there's a game theory aspect to DFS and that can apply to each and every individual sport. Like, I think you could play a new sport and not know anything about the players, but apply game theory aspects using SaberSim and build positive EV lineups. So, like, you know, one of the things we always say is that, you know, SaberSim builds you positive EV lineups out the gate because SaberSim understands correlation, ownership fade, and ranges of outcomes of players were able to balance this and build you strong lineups, right? And we're able, we are able to do that for all sports. You don't have to know the sport uh, to build strong lineups using SaberSim. So yes, I think you can do that. And I really like the point you make, you know, as, as you say, you know, uh, build 150, you know, apply a couple of men uniques and still win money. Like, like that is the biggest value add you can do as a user is do risk management in the post build, you know, using menu needs, checking stack types, um, making sure that you don't have too much risk to an individual player or group of players that, that make you uncomfortable, right? This is a two game NBA slate. You're probably going to get some 100%. You know, we're going to see huge ownership. That's normal on two game slate, but you know, a big 11 game slate or tomorrow, I think there's a 14 game NBA slate. Uh, you know, that might be too much for you, right? So, so yes, I don't think you have to come in here. You don't have to adjust projections. You don't have to adjust ownership. You can come in here, you can hit build and do risk management in the post build. And I truly believe that you can build positive EV lineups that give you a shot at winning contests. 100% there. Uh, there have been testaments to this in the community, seen it happen multiple times. People on trials, uh, you know, winning, uh, 10Ks in tennis, that happened earlier this year. Uh, definitely happens from time to time. Not saying it's a guarantee, but definitely a possible outcome there. All right, that is it for YouTube questions. Jumping back to Discord. I see two more questions here in the Discord. One from Naj says, if I want a QB at captain, should I filter the lineups and put two pass catchers with it? or make that a rule. Uh, Naj, if you want all of your lineups to look this specific way, I would probably do it as, well, okay. I would do it two ways, right? And it depends what you're doing. If you are only playing like a handful of lineups, you know, maybe you're playing like a single entry, some three maxes, you know, maybe you're playing like 10 lineups total, right? Let, let's say that, let's say that's the case. So, 
if if that's what I'm doing, I would probably do it using the filters. And what I would do is I would just, you know, I'm saying this to, you know, maybe I'm building three lineups. I'm going to go and find Trevor Lawrence and I'm going to go and find uh, who's starting. Uh, Zach Wilson, I believe. Zach Wilson is starting. So let's do this. So, own, okay, here we go. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to say two just, just for the sake of this. So I'm building two lineups. I want one with Zach Wilson, and then I want one with Trevor Lawrence, right? So one and one. Now I'm going to filter lineups with Zach Wilson, and I'm going to go into my pool. And then I'm basically going to go in here and find the one that 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 meets the parameters that, that you're talking about, right? This one, you know, two pass catchers, Conklin, Garrett Wilson. This is like a Jets onslaught with a Christian Kirk run back. Uh, interesting lineup. You know, maybe I like that one. I'm going to hit this lock button and it's going to lock it in to my set, right? So then now that covers my Zach Wilson lineup. I can get rid of this top one that didn't meet that uh, construction that I wanted. And then I can do the same thing over here for Trevor Lawrence, right? And, you know, maybe I don't want this one. Uh, maybe I want one that has two pass catchers, this Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, uh, no Christian Kirk, and no Travis Etienne. Pretty interesting there. Going to hit the lock button on that guy, and then going to be all set, can get rid of this other Trevor Lawrence lineup that I no longer want. Or, oh, actually, it's on. So going to change this back to two. I got the two lineups that I wanted, and I was able to handpick them, right? That is how I would do it if I'm only playing a small number of lineups. You get to maintain the sanctity of the Sims in this case, and then because you're doing it in the post build, right? Let's say you're building a lot of lineups. You know, you're building 150 lineups. You know that you want a QB and two pass catchers. Maybe you're building like a 20 max, and, and that's going to take too long, right? I would do this as a group rule, and then I would say um, if at least one, and then I would put in Trevor Lawrence captain, and then I would come in here and then say use at least two, and then I would come in here and then I would grab his pass catchers. So maybe I'm going to use, you know, Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones, Jamal Agnew. Uh, you know, don't 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 discount these these long guys, especially in um, showdown. So then I would say use at least two of these guys, right? I would do this rule for Trevor Lawrence. And then I would do the same exact rule for Zach Wilson, right? So then I'm going to come in here, do a group rule, uh, manual, if at least one, Captain Zach Wilson here. Uh, Wilson, boom. Then use at least two. Flexes here, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Conklin, Braxton Berrios, CJ Uzama. And then that looks to be about it. So then now I have two rules. If I only want to play these two guys, right? Uh, why does this look different? So this one's a use at least two. And then what's this one? Then use at least two. Okay. And then maybe I want to change this to exactly two, right? Then use exactly two. Not at least. Unless unless that's how you want to do it. However, however you want to write the rule. I can do two things at this point. One, I could decrease the 
available captains to just those two if I want to be that uh, aggressive. Or I could say, you know, okay, build me lineups, and then at least I know that the quarterback lineups look like that, right? I might not get all quarterback lineups. I'm still going to allow the builder to put in, you know, some running back captains, you know, some defense captains, some wide receiver captains, but at least I know the quarterback captains will look the way that, that I want. And, and if I go in here, go over to Trevor Lawrence, the lineups with Trevor Lawrence, you know, two wide receivers, two wide receivers, three or yeah, two wide receivers here. So at least you'll know that those lineups look like the way you want, but it seems like by putting this rule in, we didn't get very many lineups with them. So, you know, only 30 lineups with Zach Wilson in the pool, only 16 with Trevor Lawrence. I'm assuming it has something to do with those restrictions. Biller doesn't like those type of constructions for whatever reason, right? So if that is a problem, then you could come into the home screen and then limit your available captains. Uh, this might cause the build to run slower, you know, less captains available. So if you are being really, really aggressive, with something, doing something like this, only choosing Lawrence and Wilson, uh, be prepared for the builds to run a little slower there. But just a word of caution. Okay. Uh, thought there was another question in the Discord, but don't see it. Um, got one more here from Naj. Said, I remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about EV, and you said there are some sims that actually – Simulate DK contests. Where can I do that? And how does it help? Also, can you explain how I can view leverage on test build? Usually I get scared when I see a negative leverage player. Um, so the way to the way to view leverage, right, is is you just come in here and then you know we're gonna see exposure right away. You could you could sort descending, which is gonna show you positive leverage, and then you could inversely sort, which is gonna show you negative leverage. Um you know, I think that one thing that that's important to remember is that, you know, players are going to show up in your lineups, essentially, especially for showdown at the rate that they're optimal in the Sims, right? So like here we have Trevor Lawrence, you know, in three out of our 20 lineups, negative leverage play. Just that doesn't mean you should fade him, right? Like, I think it's totally okay to play him at this rate. And Saber Sim is basically saying like, you know, he is a good play in three lineups, but there are 17 lineups, 17 other highly good lineups where he is not a good play. And like, I'm okay with that, right? I don't think you should be afraid of playing players with negative leverage. I don't actually think you could build a pool with all positive leverage players, right? But, you know, playing players at the rate that they're optimal based on, you know, kind of what The Sims is telling you, I think that's totally okay. And then... Second part, you know, uh, talking about contest sims. So contest sims are something that we did in the behind the sims episodes uh, to come up with our DFS profit plan, to come up with our upgraded uh, slider settings. Um, it is a very, very uh, intense process, not something that uh, most players can do, not something that I can do myself. So uh, you would have to have like a uh, data science background to, to do that. And I think that, you know, if you were to like try and learn that skill, you would want to have a very intentional goal with trying to do that. Not something we offer um, in, in the software. It was something you would have to do yourself, download lots of CSVs and um, 
have some type of simulations to run them through. But very, very intense process there. All right, jumping back to YouTube chat. Question for Patrick. How do we get different for the two-game NBA slate? Similar builds I see for a slate like this. Do you like to bump up your mini uniques? I turned off my filter projection. So that, that reading this, that was my first go-to, um, you know, for jumping over to NBA. I would definitely turn off your filters, right? I think that is a very uh, reasonable approach today. Like, make everyone available. <laughs> play play everybody, you know. If, if they are, you know, um, if they have minutes, if they're expected to have minutes, you know, maybe someone gets injured. Maybe, you know, we see it all the time. Like, oh, so-and-so starting the second half today. So, you know, I would I would make everybody above above zero uh, viable, you know. I just put this because I don't like to see them. I like them to be grayed out. Thank you. And uh, that's first thing, right? You're going to see a lot of low ownership on some of these players. I think a lot of players are s- still going to um, – you know, not get to these guys. So that is like one of the first things you could do. I think a lot of players, you know, using traditional optimizers, trying to solve a knapsack problem are going to still try and pack in the most projected points. Right. So I think making sure that you're using a uh, saber score to filter your lineups on a night like tonight is important. Saber Sim is, you know, going to value this ownership fade at uh, six and use that as an input into the algorithm that uh, decides what is a high Sabre score lineup and what is not. This is not a night that I would use percentiles. Um, you know, I want to take into account ownership in my in, in the building process. And then I also want to take into account ownership in the lineup grading process as well, right? This is still a really high-owned lineup. Um, so, you know, you're not – my point is, like, you're not going to get bad plays, you know. You're not going to get – a bunch of zeros, but then we see like, you know, a 0.8, uh, Doug McDermott, right. With a bunch of other high owned players. So Saber Sam is going to work these guys in at, at a, at a rate that makes sense. But, um, I think that those are like two ways to make sure that you're taking into account ownership and ownership is ultimately the thing that is going to make you different and less likely to dupe on a two game NBA slate. Not to say that dupes won't happen, but you know, um, making sure ownership is accounted for will lead you to have, you know, less dupes possibly on a night like tonight, as opposed to, you know, more than five, maybe you get like one or two in, in a, in a worst case scenario, but definitely make sure to take advantage of ownership properties for tonight's NBA slate is my advice. So just says it too early to start building for NFL showdown. I want to have time for both NBA and NFL today. Um, I, I would say, I would say no. I, I, I think it's, I think it's fine to especially start like doing research, figuring out, you know, who you want to play. What does the game environment look like? I think you can answer a lot of those questions early and then kind of circle back, you know, after final Sims have run. So final Sims run an hour prior to the game start. And so that is when we recommend, um, players build their final set of lineups that is because inactives get released 90 minutes prior to lock i think there's still some question marks i saw some questionable tags up here with uh zoneman knight and trevor lawrence i don't i don't know if they'll play or not i really haven't looked but you know you want to make sure that you know all these players are in you want to make sure that some of these low owned players don't get don't end up inactive 
You know, like how many tight ends are Jacksonville really going to have active tonight? Are they going to have four tight ends active? You know, what if one of these guys ends up sitting and then you had them in your lineup that you built earlier in the day, right? So always come in after final sims have run, check this lightning bolt, make sure no players are out and uh, make sure that all of your players are in. But I think it's totally okay to do research at this point in the day. Uh, the only thing that can really throw you for a loop is if either of these players are ruled out, that could be really bad. Might have to start from scratch. Soto said, do we rebuild completely or rebuild from what we have already have built? So I would rebuild completely. Uh, you know, going back to like the NBA conversation with the Jonas Valanciunas example, these builds are not going to update. They are only going to reshuffle based on the latest projections, etc. You know, if Zonovan Knight gets ruled out, all the Zonovan Knight lineups will get moved to the bottom. All the lineups that don't have him that still grayed out well will get moved to the top. That is not going to rebuild your lineups. That is not going to take it into account as well as rebuilding a set would be. So I would highly recommend rebuilding when you come back. All right. Good show so far. Uh, I think that gets us through all of the YouTube questions and popping my head back in here over on Discord. Uh, don't see anything else coming in there. So I think we are going to wrap for today. We will be back tomorrow uh, for our Friday show. And just one last reminder before we get going, NFL main slate is on Saturday. Make sure to enter mini matches for Saturday to continue to participate in the weekly max challenge and, uh, and you know, continue to do all of your season long giveaways there. So really good show today, everybody. Good luck in your contest. A lot of DFS, DFS action coming at you tonight, and I will see you all tomorrow. Take care.